0: Yes, good morning, everyone. It is Tuesday, September 13, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you're listening. And we're in southwestern Sydney at uh, the St. John's Park Bowling Club, one of the best big screens you'll see at a venue anywhere. And uh, it's great to have alongside us this morning with Clarkie. Just got a family thing on today. We've subbed in none other than family favourite here at the BSB, <laughs> the great... Josh Reynolds.
1: morning to you, champion. How oh, are you? I'm very well, mate. I'm very, very well in the southwest, in my domain. You know, this is this is where I, I grew up, so I feel very, very comfortable enjoying the big screen, as you said, mate. And yeah, when I get the call up, you know, I, I get very excited, but I get a bit, I do get a bit nervous, mate, because you're, yeah, you make me, you make me a little bit nervous. Your stature sometimes, <laughs> oh, you know. And then I've got Laurie Daly on the right there, mate. It's so. Uh, I'll just try and find me feed and find me way into the show. You know what I mean. Find your groove. That's, it, That's, it, mate. All That's what it. it's all
2: about. Grubby, finding your groove. Good morning, fellas. But uh, no, great to have you here. And no doubt, we'll discuss plenty of what happened over the weekend and get your thoughts on, in particular, the South and Roosters clash. But there's a couple of good games coming up this weekend. I mean, Friday night you got Parramatta taking on the Canberra Raiders, and the Raiders were the, the giant killers on the weekend. Take going down there to Melbourne and defeating the Melbourne Storm. And you know we know what Melbourne Storm have been able to do over the last few years. And then, of course, Saturday night at Allianz Stadium, you've got the Sharks. The Sharks having to play South Sydney at this new stadium. And, you know, that precinct will be packed because you've got the Swans Saturday night as well when they take on Collingwood. So it's
0: a big weekend of football here in Sydney. Don't forget the George Main Stakes as well and the, the, the Shorts at Randwick do the treble.
2: It's a pretty good effort if you can do the treble mid um, going from the races to the AFL straight over to the rugby league. I don't know what state you'll be in mm. by the time the game of rugby league <laughs> finishes, but if
1: you can get two of the three. Yeah, there'll be a couple of wobbly legs. That'll be get standard there. and applaud stuff. That will actually be a good day, though, Oof. if you could do that. Belter. You'd be, yeah, you'd possibly be falling asleep at the end of the <laughs> AFL.
0: I don't think you're getting into a pub in Paddington afterwards, put it mm. that way. Yeah, I
1: don't get in anyway, so it
0: doesn't <laughs> matter. <laughs> uh, I was thinking of you actually watching that game, uh, how much would you have loved to have been out there in a game like that between the Roosters and the Bunnies on Sunday afternoon? Oh, I loved it. We debated it, obviously, all yeah. day yesterday. Clark and Buzz, just, you know, locked mm. horns oh, yeah. uh, yesterday, Ruby. But, uh, oh, look, I-, I enjoyed it. Um, other people didn't. I don't know how, because I think that's what rugby league's all about. Do or die, bit of niggle, semi-final, old rivals. what do you make of it all?
1: Oh, I mean, I agree with you. I absolutely loved it. Like, watching Victor Radley with that, that punch, it was like, I really want to do it. I know I can't, but I'm still going to do it. It was the sort of soft, this little, little fairy tap ever. But at the same time, like, how can you bin seven plays in a game? Like honestly, how, how how can you? It's I'm, I'm I'm very interested to see what's going to happen this week, whether the the refs back it up, and I think they've come out and said they're going to do exactly the same thing, um, binning every single head knock, not not even you know big one. Oh, there was there was a, probably a couple there that mm-hmm. deserved it, but gee, I couldn't tell you how many simbies I would have got lost if I if I was out there in a semi final against a rival team yeah like it's just it's just yeah seven's a lot seven's a lot, lot. and we, we
2: debated on the program yesterday and we said there was a couple of players there that deserved to go to the sin bin on the weekend but there was a couple of incidents there where you're going really do you need to be sent to the sin bin for that and if they're saying that that's the standard through the finals well we'll see seven or eight out every week because to Tola tapping someone on the head you see that every tackle you could really make a case for something like Victor Radley early in the game, Mm. not being sent to the sin bin, but needed to be warned and say, Victor, get that out of your game. Otherwise you're going to the sin bin. But once he made that decision to bin Radley, Mm. he he set the standard and therefore he had no room to move. That's where I think Ashley Klein let himself down Mm. was the fact that instead of officiating it and taking all that emotion out of it and knowing what was at stake early and allowing a little bit like that to go on, but also disciplining the players first and foremost. Before he sent them to the bin, he might have got a better reaction. But as soon as you send that bloke to the bin after four or five minutes for an incident like
1: that, you're left with no other choice. Yeah, you're right. You you set it for the game, and I don't think the referees understand how hard it is. Semi-final, as I said, rivalry game, first five minutes in a game, you're trying to show intent. You've got line speed. When well, you've got a guy like Cam Murray coming at you with feet, and he's going to beat you a lot of the time, a big forward. And, you know, he beats you and, you know, you accidentally cop him if he's fallen to the ground and yeah. you hit him in the head. There's no intent from the other team in doing that to no. get him in the head, but he's so good at finding his front and finding space, it's going to happen sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. just it's just the way it is. That's the way the game goes. And what are we going to do? Take out the first... You know that first bit of the game, the fiery intent—that's what everyone loves. Like in 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 the origin, let's just say the Origin arena. That's why everyone watches that first. You hear the front rows talk about that first hit up. So what do we do? Do we take out the mindset of I'm going to go and, and clobber that other other front row? But I but I can't really have that mindset anymore in case he beats me with feet. I don't know. I just I just really don't like it. I think the that game, even though I did love it, it's just it's set up. You know, I reckon the players this week are going to be thinking can I go in as hard as I can now because I could be gone for 10. And I know what the coach is going to be saying. Boys, we've got to be careful. Mm. We can't have two in the bin. See, I said two in the bin twice. Mm. Like, we can't have that, boys. So it's going to be interesting what happens this week.
0: Well, Ashley Klein's been given the tick of approval uh, by the NRL for the way he handled the game. And uh, it looks like he will be officiating this weekend again. So uh, for all well, the if, the, if the NRL
2: want to see a game like that again, good luck. Because the the feedback will be that people don't enjoy it. People don't enjoy seeing seven people sent to a sin bin during a game of semi-final football where it's do or die. People want to see a good game of football. And if you deserve to be sent to the sin bin, then so be it. But there were players that were sent from the field on Sunday that didn't deserve to be sent from the field. So they can justify it all they want (laughs) and say that this is what the norm is going forward. But do you really think people wanted to see seven people in the sin bin. No, they didn't. Mm. And the players, to be fair, yes, some of them did do the wrong thing and they deserve to be in the bin. Mm. But you've got to be able to control a game, for mine, better than what Ashley did at the start of the game. Mm. Because sending Victor Radley to the bin for what he did, I thought was way over the top in a game of that magnitude. Mm. I just thought it was way over the top. And once he did that... He had nowhere else to go.
0: How's the training going, mate? Yeah. Last week, Billy Dib. Who are you locking <laughs> horns with this week?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to find my next opponent, mate. He, <laughs> he, he doesn't want to spar me this week, so. Well, but, Paul
0: Gallon's looking for them. He's got about what well, he's got two already.
1: You know what? Yeah, he, off, he actually rang me the other day. He wants to fight three in a night. <laughs> <laughs> Reckons he, me, me me at the end. But um, no, nah, mate, it's going well. Thanks, mate. Mm. You know. I'm um, I'm just trying to, you know, keep keep myself fit, um, and then uh, yeah, I think. By the end of this week, I'll know exactly what's going on. So that's you know, that's exciting at the same time. Um, but yeah, mate, I just it's just very nice to be home and um, you know I'm actually feeling really good. Like I, you know, a lot of people question my age and and you know my body with everything that's that's happened. But at the same time, deep down, yeah, I feel I know. I still feel I know I I've got it in me and I, I just. Yeah, would love to give it give it one last shot. Well,
0: looking forward to seeing that eventuate for you, mate. But uh, just on Paul Gallant, uh, Justin Hodges and Ben Hennon, his opponents, Thursday night. The Courier-Mail saying that the Queensland pair have agreed to a rematch clause where they'll pocket a million dollars for Gallant's retirement fight in December. But the catch is they've got to beat Gallant on Thursday night. It, 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 in if the most unlikely thing happens and Galen doesn't know who he's fighting first yet, uh, imagine the first fight against a lucky punch on Gao. (laughs) What do you do about the second fight? I mean, this is just such a unique situation, isn't
1: it? it, If he does, like if Gao gets knocked out in the first fight, can he fight the second fight? No, no, you can't. Oh, he's not allowed? No. Okay, so they've already said that?
2: Yeah, well, in boxing, if you get knocked out, there's a mandatory stand-down period.
1: Yeah, right. And okay. I think it's three months. Yeah. I think it's three months. So will he be able to fight the next set of fights then? Well,
0: they'd have to wait until the three months is up, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, So
2: Mitch Moses, for instance, who got knocked yep. out on the weekend in mm-hmm. Lee, he can play this weekend yep. if he passes protocol. But in boxing with headlocks and
1: concussions, mm-hmm. you're out Yeah, right. You're out for a, a, a fair period of time. I I'll tell you what <laughs> A million dollars for—is that five hundred each or a million each? For no, Hodges? no, a
0: million each. But yeah, <sighs> they've got to be able to beat him.
1: How good is on that?
0: On Thursday night. So that's the carrot being dangled to Ben Hennon and Justin Hodges for Thursday night. That's
1: humble. That's it. You know what? There's, According to this report, there's been some, you know, some good carrots thrown out in preseason. You know, boys, we might knock off this this yeah. last hundred meter hundred meter run or whatever. But that is a carrot and a half, a million bucks. They
0: won't be winning, though, will
1: they, Yeah. <laughs> No, I, well, I would have thought so. Not on, you
2: now watching those guys fight previously and watching Gal fight, you, you line them up and you just go, well, Gal looks like a fighter now. Gal's mm-hmm. not a rugby league player that just took up boxing, mm-hmm. whereas the other two look like rugby league players just jumping in a ring mm-hmm. and throwing haymakers. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gal jumps in the ring, he looks like a fair dinkum boxer. So. Oh, as long as Gal doesn't est- underestimate his opponent, he, he'll be winning, mm-hmm. and he should be winning well.
0: So that's Thursday night, both fights over four three-minute rounds. There's at least one hour for Gallen between the fights, and that's going to be the hard part for him. Oh, now, cool he wanted him it pretty yeah, much back-to-back, yeah, yeah. back, but to yeah. emotionally come down and get back up too between fights, yeah. Yeah, that's that, going to be the challenge. That, yeah,
2: that'll be tough because you know he's never prepared himself to do that before. Um, and you just don't know how much that's going to take out of you. But Gal, we know, is a beast and he's as fit as anyone. Um, and I'm sure he would have sparred that way leading into these fights. You know, having rests between sparring partners, um, he'll be fit, he'll be ready to go. I don't think mm. these two guys will
1: concern him. And I'm sure. Um there's the little pay packet at the end for, for Gal. He's, he always has a mind his cash. So I reckon he's... Uh, and I think
2: he wants one more fight too.
1: Well, know. He knows if he gets beaten... He can't... He, he wouldn't be thinking that, would he? he no, no, no. No way. No, he's, he's he, very, would, you, well, you know he's confident. Yeah, he's confident. Yeah, he, yeah He's
2: always confident. been a guy that backs his own ability. And he will be going into this fight very, very confident. And again, you know, from what we've seen... Of Justin Hodges and Ben Hennett, they shouldn't be troubling Gal.
0: Okay, so the fallout from the South's Roosters game Band Aid Solution, uh, plan for JWH to do time at Cup, is the headline on the back page of the Daily Telegraph. So uh, just the charges out of the game. So Tom Burgess. Souths facing a two-match ban for that high shot on James Tedesco. So he wouldn't be back until the grand final, should Souths make it, of course. Maria Hargreaves facing three weeks with an early plea for that head slam on Tom Burgess, so dangerous contact. Now, he would miss the pool stage for New Zealand at the World Cup. Uh, Tane Mildon-Joseph Sulii, by the way, just facing fines for their indiscretions on Sunday, so... Uh, Jarabaria Hargreaves, should he have to miss club matches or is a World Cup suspension sufficient coming out of the game on Sunday? It's a difficult one because Mm -hmm. missing World Cup games, I mean, a tournament that only happens every four years, but it's a completely different competition, of course, a different tournament to what the NRL is. So uh, what should happen here, do you reckon, Loz? Well, I've always been a big believer in the system that they've always had in place.
2: That is, you miss the next game that you're available for selection in. Mm. It's quite simple. So if you get suspended in a club game and there's an origin game coming up, well, you miss the origin game if you were going to be selected in that game. If you get suspended in a semi-final, prelim final, and you get one week and the grand final is your next game, guess what? You miss the grand final. If you are suspended in your last NRL game of the year and you've got test matches coming up after the game... You miss the test matches. Mm. It's quite easy, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, Loz. It's uh, as you said, you know, it's it's a World Cup, it, it happens very, you know, very rarely, and that, that that hurt Hargraves. like it's you know it's a punishment, and you know you you do the crime, you do the time. So, I think I think it's sufficient. Yeah, I, I think as Loz said, it's it's it, it's been there it's been there for years, and you know, there's always going to be people now because of the you know the. The May, the May incident and whatnot, but I, but I think if, um, yeah, if he's eligible to play for New Zealand, they're the games that he should miss. Yeah.
0: Back page of the Herald: Players staying down to milk penalties a concern, says NRL. The headline there: Graham Ennisley in his weekly address yesterday, the NRL head of football conceded that well, he is concerned about the issue of players waiting for the intervention of officials, and it'll be reviewed again in the off-season, and this has just been a product of the bunker. This is something you'd never do, would it be, Josh, laying down to try and nah, get to nah. the attention of yeah. the referee. But <laughs> seriously, though, this is just exactly what the bunker, a product of the bunker that we didn't want. And we saw it all Sunday mate. afternoon.
1: I haven't seen in a game uh, the amount, amount of players look up at the ref for like, come on. And, but... He created that. Mm. The, the re, Ashley Klein created that because in a semi-final, if you're pinned, in, pinned down in your corner and you're and you're having a scurry out of trouble and you feel a little clip, why not? Like give it a go because look what's happened. There's already been four in the bin. You know, Tane Mills jammed off his wing, gone off a shoulder up. You know, up into a chin and got ten. So hey, you might you might get a penalty, but it might, someone might go on the bin. So. Yeah, they you know they say play staying down, but the NRL and the referees they're creating it, you know. And yeah, like you know, I have I have done it before. I'll be honest. I, I have I've stayed down when you know I I I know I haven't been totally injured, but at the same time, I want to win the game. Mm. And I, and so do a lot of a lot of these guys. People have different opinions on it, and you know, for me thinking about it now, I don't like that I've done that before. I'll be honest, but at the same time. They're big games, yeah. huge. You do or die. Mm. Well, no,
2: yeah. I, I, I just think the game has created it, and the referees and the bunker create it by allowing themselves the opportunity to penalise people early in a game, and the and the players know what they can get away with during a game, and on Sunday they realised that there was going to be no tolerance at all to any type of high shot or niggle, and therefore they played up to it. So as mm. soon as you got half-clipped or you felt as though the tackle could have been high around the neck or maybe just glanced the chin at some point, when they got up to to play the ball, they took their time. They looked at the referee, <laughs> they placed the ball on the ground, they just looked and waited yeah. To the bunker intervened, and then if there was some contact there, they were left with no other choice but to give a penalty. And we don't like to see it. But that's a by-product of the system that we've created. Mm. It's, it's like batters mm.
0: not walking in cricket, isn't mm. it, really? I mean, yeah. <laughs> you're going to try and get an edge for your team yeah. because yeah. the system has allowed that to happen. Um, now, on the text line, morning, boys. So I hope Clarkie has his red shoes on today. Clarkie's off today, but he really enjoyed the show yesterday. It's good to hear people so passionate. About their opinions, it's what we do sitting in the pub with our mates. I'm 50-50. I think a couple of the sin bins were unnecessary, but I also believe the players need to take responsibility for letting the game descend into chaos. I'm a Bunnies fan, but I think both teams were responsible for some of the thuggery. Uh, B from C. I don't think we've ever said through. that we didn't agree with some of the incidents that
2: happened in the game. I think we have. I think we've we've, we've touched on... Jared hard Chris, and we've touched on um, Burgess, mm. uh, what, what they did. Um, you know, as a Rooster fan, you're probably disappointed that Burgess wasn't sent off earlier because of the hit on Tedesco. Um, and the reason why he was sent to the sin bin because uh, 30 seconds earlier he, he, he did that tackle on Tedesco and then he did another one on Lodge. Yeah. And if he didn't do the tackle on Lodge, then he would have been still on the field. Mm. So, so I, I can't get my head around why he wasn't sent thirty seconds earlier for the hit on Tedesco, when clearly he hit Tedesco with the head. Yeah,
1: clearly, yeah. And do you know what I don't understand though? Like, it's how do the players really have to rein it in? The refs are in control, aren't they? Well, that's what everyone always says, and the refs tell you, "Don't worry, I'm in control of this game." Well, take control then, but in the right way. Don't be sending. Plays in the bin every every ten, every two minutes. Like I said at the start, with Victor Rally, have a word to him, calm him down. Don't just go bang straight away, because you're gone. Then you have to do it to everyone from from then on. I just think I just think there was a, there was a better way to do it at the start of that game, and it could have totally changed the complexion of the whole game. Could have been a much better game.
0: Seems like they want they're happy to be dictated to by the bunker as well, the referees. Like they're seeing the same thing as well on the replay as the bunker at times, aren't they? So they can can't they look at it themselves and go, well, hang on, I'm cool with that. Let's move on. Well, well particularly in relation to the Radley. Well, there incident was, well, on Sunday. There, was, there
2: was incidents in games in the lead up to that semi final. I, I, I can think back to what was it the Roosters played Melbourne in Melbourne, and there was a lot of niggle hmm. in that game. And if that was the standard. From the weekend, which we expect all, all year, because why did they happen to change in the first week of the finals, and they're saying that the players lost control, well, people were praising Jared Wirahagres and Trent Robinson was praising Jared Hargreaves after that Melbourne game, saying we've got the Alpha male, and he does what he has to do and to get on top of the team. There was niggle in that game just as much as there was on the weekend, but there was only one sin bin in that game. Mm. So, so why all of a sudden the semi-final turns into a a game where seven guys get sent to the sin bin? If they were consistent with what they're talking about and players being ill-disciplined, then in that game in particular, there could have been more people in the sin bin. Mm-hmm.
0: We're at the St John's Park Bowling Club in South West Sydney this morning and a great venue with a huge big screen here. And uh, just also with uh, the racing this week, because we've got... Oh, gee, we've got a good few days. Uh, The Newcastle Gold Cup on Friday as well. And we've got tickets to give away each day this week to the Newcastle Gold Cup. And one of the best texts today will get four tickets. So just include a mention of the Newcastle Cup if you are interested. The text line number 0419767272. Mention the Newcastle Cup. Four tickets to the best texts today to give away uh, for the race day there at Newcastle on Friday. Now, Loz, by the way, we've got the great Josh Reynolds joining us this morning. If you're just tuning in. No, Clark, he hasn't been banished. He had something on that has been in the diary for some time, so I was always having this morning off. Uh, so, no, he hasn't been banished for yesterday. He uh, had plenty of supporters yesterday, in fact, as did Buzz as they went head-to-head. Beautiful listening, wasn't it?
1: Did you hear it, Josh? I did. I was... it's, good. it's good, though. Different opinions, yeah. Put them out there. What we love, yeah. Like 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 he like said, we've both been watching the game for the same through the same TV, and it has got a fair point.
0: Now, Los, yes, tomorrow, race two, Sandown, Foxy Cleopatra is in again. Race two, number four, nine dollars fifty with tab when I last checked. Michael D in the saddle. Mickey D. Gate 10 of 13. It'll be gate 8 of 13 if the emergencies come out though. Yeah, she should be running
2: tomorrow mid Quite confident tomorrow will be the start. With a forecast the is good. Yeah. Mm. Well, we've got to run her at some point in time. The build-up has been massive. Very, Just, we've very, got to get her out to the track. Very tactical. Yeah, Very, this, it, yeah? Is, it is, mate. It has been tactical. We wanted to look after our little baby. She's the next big thing in racing, Josh. Well, look out.
1: But you got 95%, you told us. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Well, you'd have a
2: lot of pull. Breeding <laughs> rights. Every... A lot of pull, yeah. Yeah, the deal I did was terrific. <laughs> you know, I'm patting myself on the back. But now uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how she runs tomorrow. I mean, that might be a little bit too short, 1,300. Um, but, you know, I don't want to go off too early. And as I continually say, wait till I give the okay. Because when we give the okay, we'll be charging in. Oh, well, so tomorrow's not the okay? No. The signal is not tomorrow. Right. Bigger fish to fry. Have we had the latest trainer's report yet? I haven't even checked this morning. Okay. I was
0: in bed early last night because I knew I had this drive out here this morning. We, we should get one on race day tomorrow. Yep. Or for race day tomorrow. So we I'll wait. with
2: everyone to see what T-Bus has to say. Um, but, yeah, no, very excited. You know. As everyone is that's a horse owner, when you know your horse is about to run, Hasn't run for a while. Massive rap on the horse. Mm. You know, a lot of good judges are tipping her
1: to do good things. <laughs> Quietly confident, aren't you? I can t- it's something in his voice, man, though, isn't it? Oh, I don't want to give too talking much away. He's talking slow. I don't want to
0: give too much away. Uh,
1: yeah. oh, okay. He
0: doesn't want to give too much away. He declared it the next win. <laughs> <laughs> it's been nommed for 12 races between then and now. And finally, we're going to see you tomorrow. Mm. It's also nommed for the flight stakes on Tab Epsom Day and also we'll the 1,000 guineas as well. We'll clear the flight stakes the way. We'll clear <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> you, you just take them down. Just take them down one by one, right. one mate. You go through yeah. the grades. That's all, all you can do. Oh, through yeah. the grades. Go through the grades. You haven't gone through any grades
2: Well, yet. we're about to. <laughs> Tomorrow we'll go through the grades. Just have a bit of a run around. See what it's like to, to be on race day, you know, looking at the big crowd and getting used to the atmosphere. For when we
0: get there in front of 80,000 people. And who else is in the. So Ryan Pappenhausen's in it. So you'll be the one just. You'll be coming forward to get the interview, won't you? The post race I'll be rushing forward.
2: (laughs) I'm coming forward. (laughs) Any microphone (laughs) or camera? You watch me. (laughs) (laughs) Here, boys, I'll take (laughs) Uh, (laughs) over. 13 oh, <laughs>
0: 53 is the number, give us a call uh, we got Adam on the line, morning Adam Morning boys, how are we? Yeah, pretty good, thanks mate
3: Great Laurie, what's
0: happening? Uh, not
2: much Adam, we haven't heard from you for a while, where have you been? I've
3: uh, been okay, to a few different places, so I've been a bit quiet
2: actually so. uh, What did you make of the footy on the weekend? I was
3: just thinking about Ricky, he's got him
0: flying down there
2: I tell you what, he's got him going really good. We can't win this weekend though against Parramatta, mate. You know everything's against us. Proud <laughs> to be against us. Only a six-day turnaround. We never get any decisions round finals time. Always it goes the other way.
3: Always has been long,
2: except you know, eighty-nine, 90. Those days were glory days. Yeah, mate. Well, it'd be nice. It'd be nice for the Raiders to to get some luck this weekend. They played some good ball.
3: He's got him flying.
2: Got to be I'll tell I you, he's know. flying, Joe Tarpany. Best middle in the world. He's outstanding. I don't know. I don't know why or how. He's always had the ability, but this season, right from the get go, he's been the dominant front rower in the comp. Are you going to keep him, Loss? Oh, well, Adam would know more than me. A million dollars for a front rower. Did they pay a million bucks for a front rower? Oh, gee, that's that's that's.
3: <laughs> I couldn't do it for a club, but. Um... For him, yeah, for him, i would keep him. So
0: i would
2: give him what he wants. If playing half thinks he's worth a million. This bloke's worth one point four. Yeah, yeah, again, yeah, I, I don't know what front rowers are worth, but they're talking about being a million bucks. I, th- I think the way he's playing, he, he deserves a million bucks. You'd
3: give him, you give him eight hundred. That'd be about. That's the for a middle. we yeah. But talking about your horse. Yes. This lead up, and it's a bit like my sex life. I hope it doesn't disappoint <laughs> when it comes to the end. <laughs>
2: I thought it's my funny I don't know where to go with that. Yeah. <laughs> None of us do. Well, you know what? Foxy, she'll be there. She'll be the punter's favorite tomorrow. And all the way through her campaign. Mm. We've got to start somewhere and tomorrow we are. With Mickey D on board. <laughs> you on. know much about Mickey D, Middle?
0: She's been twelve into seven dollars. Oh, I see. This is what happens, Losy. Yeah, but it's 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 a big group. Oh, well, what? So all the owners are you telling us now that you're all having a bet? <laughs> no, well, I don't know. Well, I don't
2: know. But
1: telling
0: us not to have a bet. No, I, you know what? <laughs> I haven't had a
2: bet. So what's that telling you?
1: But it's every time you say something on the radio. See, then you're just quietly confident. I told you, and the, and the listeners, the punters <laughs> out there, they, they feel it.
2: I, I have been straight up from day one. With her, I've said I think she's got a lot of potential from my limited knowledge. But be careful early. Wait <laughs> for the signal. And the signal is not for tomorrow. Are you buying any
0: of this, Adam? No,
3: nah, 12 to 7. Money talks all language, you know, so I'd be very... I tell you what, he's a brave man He's front of France on Thursday and it's one and he's not tipping. Brave man, Laurie.
2: No, I'm not. I'm not tipping tomorrow. There you go, not tipping.
3: If for Wednesday, twelve to seven. Money talk.
2: Yeah, I think it's just the <laughs> the group we're in. I think it's the group we're in. They do like a, a bit of a flutter. That's well, all it. the best
3: anyway. I was surprised Joseph uh, really didn't get a start with it.
2: Oh, Joseph, I ran into him the other day. He was training Raider eighty eight. He had uh-huh. a big day. King Guffo one. Raider eighty eight ran second. Kick up. Flying. Yeah, Raider right, good
3: run actually. That Raider eighty
2: eight. Nothing went wrong. Yeah. No, nah, that's exactly right. I was surprised he didn't get to the Top Pub instead of Walsh's. Top Pub's got 100 miles on Walsh's. How's he going, the pu- People's Publican? Best bloke in Colombia. He's just an A&A champion, of the People's Publican. He'd be listening now. no, yeah. He's got the big cow cutter coming up in November, oh. biggest in uh, Australia. It'll get to about 100
3: and, oh, 170 or
2: something. Has he bought another ring for anyone, or is he still on the market? Oh, What's no. the latest with his love lost?
3: Oh, oh, no. <laughs> it all ended in tears. It's been... <laughs> I think it's on
2: the line. What's that? How many is that? Number what? 80
3: being engaged Number eight. Eight engagements. Eight engagements. Eight engagements.
0: Eight engagements. Been married once. And got to the altar once. It's incredible. (laughs) That's a a good effort. (laughs) That's (laughs) That's worse (laughs) than a bad Saturday on the (laughs) punt,
2: Jeez. Hang in there, Griffo. I know you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we under the stable in shock right now. Good on you, Adam. Yeah, eight engagements. That's a fair effort,
1: isn't it? what's happened i yeah it's <laughs> is i don't know at one stage you go is it me or
2: so so griffo was our ball boy and his father bobby and people laugh about this but bobby was the bus driver the best so bobby would drive us down to sydney and then he he was the rubber the masses. so he'd work all day drive you down the mor- drive you down the morning Rub everyone, like all three grades, and then jump back on the bus and drive us all home. Jeez. Talk about cutting costs. <laughs> <laughs> Doubling up it was. Oh, yeah. He loved it, Bobby. And every time he rubbed your legs, you'd get off and he'd go, mate, you'd never felt better. <laughs> you'd never <laughs> felt better. And in fact, I was talking to a mate of mine the other day, Luke DeVica, and Bobby come up in conversation, and I was, I know, we we're t- talking about old days and different things, and Statue said, yeah, Griffo, what a great man. And he goes, mate, every time I got off the rubbing table, he used to say to me, you've never felt better. I went, that's what he used to say to me. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone he used to rub, regardless, he'd just say, mate, that's as good as you've ever felt. And you'd jump off the table and you'd be up and about. But he was a great man, Bobby. And he's a great man. Well, it worked. It did, yeah. Look at your career, mate. But he was the bus driver and the masseuse.
0: Okay, the great Jay Reynolds demanded this job today. (laughs) To take over the BSB countdown from L Daly, and he wanted to give us his top individual performances from week one of the finals. So, are we doing this in order? How you? How do you want to do it? Four no, to one, or no order. No order.
1: I'll get no. Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll go my best first, and then the three just. No, actually, let's let's go in order because they are in order. Okay, yeah, go I for think. it. So number one, boys, I I think Nico Hines for the Sharks. He. He was unbelievable. I think he ended up with four try assists. Um, I, I love the way he plays, especially on the weekend. He's not your, your natural halfback. He was popping up on the inside of, of, of forwards, on plays. He was playing at the back of Moylan at times. And I just love his soft hands. If, if, if you watch him, when he sort of goes to lines, he, he pops the ball up. Or when he's out the back, he squares up. Plays real, real soft or or plays over the top. I just think I thought Cronulla were very unlucky on the weekend too, and I thought he he done everything in his power to win that game for him. Um, I won't I won't lie, he's, he surprised me this year a lot. It was a massive I think risk um, in bringing him. Sorry, I'll take that back. To bring him to the club as your number one halfback. To lead, you know, a fairly new side around the park, um, is is a massive call for a club. But gee, they've got it right. He's um, yeah, because he didn't really play the halfback role at Melbourne. We didn't really see him as a halfback, did he? He was always coming off the, the bench. Was a utility though, wasn't he at yeah. Melbourne?
2: But he was a, a half as he um, came through the grades okay. in in the juniors. Mm-hmm. But the impact that he's had this year has been. Unbelievable. Mm. I I mean, and you're right in everything that you say. His ability to stay calm under pressure. Um, His kicking game has developed um, as the season has gone on. His ability to play as a first receiver and a sweep runner, Mm. so a second receiver, um, is different to a lot of other halves. Um, And the other thing I like about Nico is you, you mentioned soft hands, and sometimes soft hands is hard to do. When you go square into the line at, 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 at speed, mm. like some people go into that line at speed, but the pass is is hard, hard, yep, hard and fast. Whereas he's got slow hands, mm-hmm. so it's always difficult to go fast with you with your legs, but
1: play slow with your hands, and and that's what sets him apart. Doing that, he do, he, he does it. I, I, it's a massive a massive positive uh, for a team where your halves and your back can change roles. And I think the Sharks probably do it the best out of nearly any team because, you know, you might run a play all the way to the right-hand side, but Hines and Moylan will be there. So they'll just go, look, you get out the back, I'll I'll go to the line. Well, then you've got Kennedy who can also, you know, he never he's never really the front guy, but he plays out, out the back a lot.
2: I, th- I think what helps them to adjust to that role is the fact that they've both played fullback a Mm -hmm. lot in their career so they actually understand what a ball player is looking for so if they're into that second receiver sort of situation they'll either know whether they're a second receiver and they do the ball playing or they need to be the runner Mm -hmm. and they adapt and do it so well And Mm -hmm. and you're right in everything that you say if the ball ends up on the other side of the field and it comes back to the long side or they play back to the middle they know what their role is so well whether it's to pass as a second receiver or be that sweep runner out the
0: back
1: and
2: play like a fullback.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Nico Hines, number one. Who have you got at two, Josh?
1: Just behind him, boys, was uh, Nathan Cleary. What a performance. Yeah, it was very close, to them two boys, but um, I think the one word, I just love his poise. Like, how can a bloke never get rattled? Mm. <laughs> like, teams go after him, you know, like teams... Try and kick pressure him, and they they, they try and do every, everything to try and rattle him. His face never changes. His, his persona in, in the game never changes. He, you can just tell he knows exactly what he's got to do. and
0: He's a chip off the old block in that regard, because his old man never got flustered, did he? Mm. Never looked at, never has looked at his coach even. Mm. It's
1: true. Mm. It, and you know what, as a half midter, you know, it is a massive thing for your team to see that. I struggled with it throughout my career because I, I, you know, I felt I was always in the game and I was always fairly emotional type of player. And Desi always said it to me a lot. He goes, "If if you're frantic, the team's frantic." And going on the total opposite end of the scale with that, Nathan is the total opposite. That game was in the balance for a, for a long time um, last week, but those bombs changed it because mm. that's. It was, it, was, it was very close. It was a good. Mm. It was a really good battle. They were just going set for set for set, but then he started throwing those bombs up, and poor uh, uh, was it Wonga Blake. Wonga Blake. Wanger Blake? Mm. Yeah. He, Nightmares. It's what changed the game. <laughs> yeah. It did. And then, but then what happens is they get a sniff, and then they just go on with it. Mm. They just they roll and they they make you pay. Uh, but going back to Nathan. He's, his tempo, when he goes into the line, is the best I've ever seen. Um, he, he goes fast, he goes slow, but then goes fast again. You literally see... I, I love watching the, the forwards when, when, the, when he's going at the line because they've actually got no idea what he's going to do. Ooh. And the Panthers play a very different style compared to a lot of other teams off a sideline. A lot of teams will go possibly two pass, get to another place to play, play again on the up. But with Nathan, he always gets that first pass, and you watch him. He's got, he'll get to either the half on the near side and get it, and get a forward leading with Isaiah Yo out the back, which then can create them going from all the way to the right, all the way to the left, and he, and it, and it's so hard to defend because as the opposite centre, you don't think it's coming, you think it's a, a layup play mm. a lot of the time, isn't it? So just just with that, boys, I, I think with Nathan. Because he's so calm and because his team trusts him, they just follow his lead in everything he does. And you can just see that. And that's why I think Penrith will be unbeatable.
0: Number three, who have you got?
1: Well, this is a bit of a, yeah, probably one that I, you know, I haven't really watched uh, throughout the whole year um, and probably, you know, caught him as my big top four. But Peter hiku he was, um, he was unreal. He made 314 metres he had one line break and a try good try too wasn't it and i reckon he i reckon he stood up talakai three times uh to create really fast momentum for his Ooh. team and i just think he was unbelievable he got him on the front foot a lot with his he's really good at yardage loves a tough carry um great story too you know because when i was actually over in the uk he was getting shopped to a few of the teams over there and you were hearing, you know, he's possibly going to come over and um, because no one wanted him over here. But it's just funny what confidence can do.
2: You look at the other night, and he, he, you're right with Talakai, he got him a couple of times standing still mm-hmm. and then got him to the outside. Mm. So he, he got Talakai standing still, his, his legs were sort of stuck to the ground and then he took off and Talakai got beaten for speed on the outside. But he, he's improved out of sight. He can... Mm. Unbelievable.
1: Very, very aggressive too. Mm. I really like his aggression. He's... Uh, him and Val, actually. Both their centres are really aggressive. And I'm not talking um, decision-wise. I'm talking when the Sharks coming out of yardage, or the Sharks were coming out of yardage, or any team, they are always whacking their back row or whacking the centre. And I think that's a big, a big statement um, for a team when you're trying to come out. If you're constantly getting battered, It's really, yeah, it's not good for the confidence.
0: Okay, last night, England clinched the series against South Africa by nine wickets in the third test at the Oval, chasing uh, a small target of 130. They got their one down. They were none for 97 heading into the final day there. So 2-1, that series finishes. Now, yesterday, uh, as we're on air, the US Open final... Uh, was going on, and in the end, 19-year-old Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz has become the youngest man to be world number one after a four-set win in that final against Norway's Kasper Ruud. Gee, he did it the hard way too, the 19-year-old. He had matches finish at 2.23am, at 2.50am as well on the way through. He revealed afterwards that Nick Kyrgios also sent him a message saying, I told you so. Uh, Now, this morning... As well, we've got uh, Seattle up against Denver. So the Russell Wilson match mm. in the NFL. Uh, that's Monday night football, obviously, in the States. And the market there with Tab has uh, Denver $1. thirty-four with Russell Wilson heading back to Seattle. The Seahawks $3.30. The Seahawks at home there. The line is a flat six with Tab. Uh, news yesterday, too, Dallas quarterback Dak Prescott needs surgery on his right. Thumb is out for up to two months And his Dallas Cowboys lost their season opener, nineteen to three. They are going to to be one of the biggest
2: underachievers again this season, aren't they, Dallas? Yeah, without uh, Prescott, they're going to struggle. But Brady looked good yesterday. I thought a little bit rusty, but I mean they don't do a lot of practice. Real well, he hasn't done a lot of practice Mm. this year. But just that memory that he has and the arm that he has, they'll be hard to beat again. Yeah, they're, they're. conference is the easier conference to be in, and hmm. you'd think they're going to be hard to not make the Super Bowl this year.
0: They're, yeah. they're, they're going to go close to making the Super Bowl. I'm worried about my unders bet on that. <laughs> Very worried after yesterday. It's I, early days. It's week one.
1: I don't know, Loz. Uh, yeah. I, they're, they're, they're going to be thereabouts. But I watched a couple of the other games. and Teams they, have improved, haven't they? Yeah. Your mobs improved? Yeah.
0: Eagles. Well, I thought all the offences were rusty. Yeah. I, Everyone looked a bit yeah. rusty. Well, defense dominate
1: I, I, I think the Eagles look pretty good in office but not sure about our defense no.
0: but they their first
2: starters though well, I was listening to a lot of matches yesterday and they were talking about how they don't do a lot of work in the preseason in terms of contact and a mm-hmm. lot of pressure.
0: So that could be a reason why they start a little bit rusty as well. Well, the players' union's had a big say in that. There's yeah. only a certain amount of contact they can do, and you get the feeling it's a matter of time before that comes into the NRL as well, as far as uh, off-season contact training's concerned, even during
1: season. I'm all for that. Get me <laughs> out of that wrestle room. Oh, the wrestle. Oh, it's just too... It's, it is. it is. And the, the yeah. quarterbacks... I don't, I'm pretty sure the quarterbacks don't get hit once in the off-season. No. They want to get hit. That, so... Yeah. But... Insane at the way the game's going, yeah. even with the NRL and that loss. I think it's a, a good, good way yeah. to go. I well, really do.
2: is it Godwin for yeah the Buccaneers? H- yeah. He had a run in yesterday, Evans. and they said that was the first hit he's had since the game where he injured his knee last year. Really? Mm. So in in season no contact at all on his body. That was the first hit he'd had.
1: It, it, it's quite funny that loss, isn't it? So I, I had a knee injury last year, um, and coming back from it, it must just be the way. Our game is, and our physios and, and doctors, what they need to clear before I can get back in. I need to do it. I think it's at least three or four contact sessions. Like I'm talking, like hard contact, yeah. like positions I wouldn't even be put in. Like it's like running into two big front rowers, and one taking me up top, and one taking my knees out. So they want to test it, test if it can take it. But the NFL must be a bit, bit different. Well, they are because yeah, as you said. Um, Goodwin's, mm. he hadn't been touched since his knee. So it's funny how different games have different interpretations of how, how you come back. Just
0: some more news around the trash. 41 year old Aussie will power. Uh, Has one of the best names going around, Will Power. But yesterday clinched his second IndyCar Drivers' Championship after he finished third in the season-ending Monterey Grand Prix. And he won his previous title back in 2014. So outstanding performance from Will Power. Uh, Some football news. Now, Mossy predicted this on the show yesterday. Tom Rogic has signed with Championship Club West Brom on a one-year deal. Uh, So Steve Bruce is the manager there. They're struggling at the moment, 16th in the championships. That's the second division in English football. They've got just one win from their first eight games, but he needs game time before the World Cup, and uh, he's someone we just need in that Socceroos squad firing Tom Rogic. So that's good news, and Mossy predicted this. Yeah, uh,
2: and that is good news, Middo, but we've got to find out, you know, does he want to be a part of the World Cup? Mossy said yesterday that every player would want to play in a World Cup, but you want to find out the reasons why he pulled out of the qualifiers too. Because in terms of team morale, if you've got someone there that pulled out of the qualifiers, mm. for whatever reason, you want to make sure that, you know, he, he wants to be a part of the team and is bought into the team rather mm. than the fact that now we've just made the World Cup, I want to play now. Because if he didn't believe that the Soccer Roos were, were going to get there and he wasn't going to waste his breath on qualifying, I, I don't know, it, it could mm. change the dynamics of that squad. You know, when you look at your teammate and go, mate, were you all in here or, mm. or you just want to be now and be a part of the party that we've made a World Cup? Yep. So you've got to find out the reason why he didn't want to be in those qualifiers, I reckon.
1: Mm. I think it's a big thing what you just said, Loz. Like, for me as a player in that position... If I was, you know, played all the qualifiers and put in the hard yards and brought into everything that we were trying to achieve, but then someone just wants to come and, I suppose, take the glory in, mm. in the World Cup, I, I wouldn't want him there. I, that's just me mm. being honest. I, I think yeah. it's
2: something that um, Arnie would have to consider mm. because, you know, obviously if it's health reasons, uh, mental health reasons or, you know, he had some other drama going on in his life mm. that he needed to sort out, everything's that's okay, fine, yeah. that, that's fine. But if you just thought, nah, this is too hard and I'm looking at my future and I'm going to focus more on my club and what I'm going to do in the next couple of years, I'm going to brush the Socceroos, I don't know how well that would go down within a group. It's been a mystery, hasn't it? Well, it has been a mystery and Mm. no one's really spoken about it, so Mm. I think that Arnie would want to
0: know the reasons first before including him in a squad to go to the World Cup. Uh, now, we're at the St John's Park Bowling Club here this morning, and uh, just on the text line here, uh, a bit of a shout-out for Trumpy, the young greenkeeper at St John's Park Bowler. He took a couple of huge scalps on Sunday, and Dave Ferguson and Ben Twisco, Trumpy, cheese, crosso, sending that one through, but I know that Jay Reynolds has got a booth sort of sorted over there for maybe a Sunday Arvo punt session here at some point. With that huge screen, mm. you can just see yourself just settling in from the arbor.
1: Definitely settling in. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a really nice uh, place, isn't it? Uh, That's your screen, isn't it? It's huge, yeah. It's, I'd love to come here on a Saturday. Even, even they've got the NFL on. And now it's, what do you reckon? How much inch is that? Yeah, four. you got one at home. What, what, yeah, what I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though.
2: Mate, if you're a footy coach, if you're doing your reviews, how good would it be to have a screen like that if you're watching your videos? Not if you're me.
1: Not, not, did you see the mistake? here? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing right. here, Grub? Oh,
0: That'd be outstanding. It's nice of Clarky to lend them the TV anyway. <laughs> um, did I even see there's a butcher over there, I'm pretty sure as well. Yeah, it's a fantastic venue here. Though, a butcher? And, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I saw a meat display on the far. You can't see it from here, Loz, but right. I'll take you there in the 7 o'clock news anyway. Right, but yeah. we were as well, oh, by the way, as well, the Newcastle Cup on Friday, uh, one of the... Best texts through the week. You get four tickets. Uh, just include a mention of the Newcastle Cup in the text. 0419767272. Alex from River, you're in contention. I've just lost your text at the moment. But uh, for the Newcastle Cup Friday, if you want to be trackside, send us a text and uh, you'll be in the mix. you just got to mention the Newcastle Cup in there. But Josh was doing the BSB countdown before the news and his top four individual performances from week one of the finals, and he had Nico Hines, Nathan Cleary, and Peter Hickou. Uh What have you got for the fourth that we didn't get to, Josh?
1: So the, the fourth and final one, Minnow, you he's, he's actually one of my, my favourite players at the moment, even though he's a Queenslander, but we're not all perfect. He's, he's Reuben Cotter.
0: So you've stuck to that Sharks-Cowboys game.
1: I just, yeah. well, The Cowboys just... Honestly, they surprise me. Can they win the call? No. Mm. <laughs> I, yeah, boys,
2: you don't think they can win the comp?
1: I just don't think anyone can beat Penrith. Loz. That's all. I. I think everyone's fighting for second now. I really do. I did. I thought. I thought the the only team that could probably beat them would be the Roosters mm. or Para. But watching Parra last week, they just haven't got the answers. I, and I don't think anyone's got the answers um, to, to beat Penrith. They're, they're aggressive. Like we were talking about before, Cleary's just on another level. You got guys like Kick-Out. he's so big. How's he so fit? Mm. If you, if oh, he's
2: for a big man. He's fit. You watch he,
1: you it, watch his line speed every week, Los. Mm. He comes out of the line and he hit, and he doesn't miss a lot of the time. Like that's big for a edge back rower. Yeah, it's, no, it, it sends a statement to the. I other actually team. think
2: Penrith are vulnerable in their next game. Yeah, okay. rather than the grand final I think if they get through to the grand final I think they win it mm-hmm. if I'm a peniskins supporter I'm more concerned about next week because mm-hmm. I, I, I that's where I think if they've got any rust it'll it'll shine through I, mean, I they they were great the other night and I always expected that mm-hmm. but now they've had the the other week off another
1: week mm-hmm. this is the time there
2: are that I reckon it can disrupt their rhythm
1: do you think they're a team, though, Loz, where they're going to get complacent this week?
2: No, I don't think they'll get complacent. But one thing I know you have to do with Penrith, and you've got to be mentally strong to do it, is just go after them. Mm. And you've got, to, you've got to have good line speed against them. You've got to get in their face. You've mm-hmm. got to take the time time away from Cleary. You mentioned Cleary before. You, you've just got to be able to put him under pressure. So you've got to win the ruck, but you've also got to be have that massive line speed and just harass them. Harass them, harass them, harass them, harass
1: them. Do you think so? If because Penrith can possibly play Parramatta again, yeah. If they get through, look at what Penrith done to them last week. Do you think para can improve that much that they can harass them? Are they gonna get?
2: Yeah, I think they can. I was, yeah. I was sort of, I don't know. I, when I watched Para play the other night, and and they were you know in it until the fifty fifth minute mm. or whatever it was, I still thought that. They didn't play the football that would really challenge Penrith. Mm -hmm. I think they were just trying to get through their sets and complete and build a bit of pressure. And I still like Penrith when they just go all out
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: just try and offload the
0: football and just have a crack. They're going to play Cronulla or Souths in that preliminary final. Mm. Is it fair to say Souths are a bigger threat to Penrith just due to the Latrell Mitchell factor? He wasn't there grand final day. He wasn't there in that semi-final even when Souths beat them in the first week of the finals I 12 think, months ago. I think ago. both of
2: them can beat Penrith on their day, but it's going to take a massive effort and it's going to take a team effort, not just relying on a superstar, one superstar to win you the game. Yeah, Souths have Latrell there that can break a game open as well as anyone, but the Sharks they play well as a unit yeah. and they have contributors off 17 and they'll need that, but... I just think if you're going to beat Penrith this year for the title, I think it'll be, I think it'll be in that game.
1: You know what worries me about Souths? Los, I, I think they struggle to get out of trouble out of their own end. And no matter who you are, Latrell, Cody, when you're playing constantly out of your own twenty, thirty, forty, it's so hard to win a game.
2: Yeah, I I think uh, you're right there because both their wingers are not yardage wingers. Mm. You know, they're good finishers, Mm. but they're not yardage men. Um, They rely on Campbell Graham Mm -hmm. getting forward, poking his nose through, and Cam Murray, that's the other one they rely Mm. on, is Cam Murray getting back there on tackle three or four and using his footwork... And that bit of speed where he can get in between defenders and get that fast play, the ball. So then either Cookie can get out or Ilias can get it on the run mm-hmm. and the defences on the back foot. Back foot. Yeah, yeah, That's what they rely on to get their yardage going. Whereas Penrith, they just rely on their back five, like Dylan Edwards, Tol- or May, Tango. All these players just to get mm. yardage for them,
0: give their forwards a spell, and then kick. Strong,
1: very, very strong back five.
0: From the City Morning Herald, Adam Pengilly Good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. Are you going to do the treble, races, swans, footy, Moore no. Park? No, well, I can do the treble <laughs> from my couch, Jared. That's probably the best way to watch it, isn't
3: it? Um, how's that area going to be on Saturday? Saturday evening, it's going to be chaos, isn't it, really? Because we know that more park can be hard to get in and out of at the best of times. I'd be suggesting, if you're going to either of the events, in particular the footy, which is the, the later kick-off, take public transport, because it's going to be an absolute nightmare trying to drive in and out of that area. So, yeah, we'll see how it plays out on, on Saturday night, but it's definitely going to be the biggest, or most amount of people in that precinct, probably for the last four or five years, I think. So I was speaking to someone yesterday that had a crowd at the SCG and Allianz Stadium um, at adjacent times or adjoining uh, times uh, like that, in I think about since 2018. So, yeah, it's going to be quite hectic there
2: on Saturday night. Do you know what I love, Adam? I love the fact that we're getting big crowds to games. Yes, yeah, you know, and I think you know the stadium's got something to do with it, of mm. course. But you've got the, you know, the, the quality of the teams, I, 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 and it just adds to the spectacle.
3: Yeah, I, I didn't go to the opening of the Allianz Stadium for that final round game between the Rabbitohs and the Roosters, but I was there last week for the final, and yeah, for the amount of money, you, you expect to get a, a really good stadium for, for what they've invested in it, but the atmosphere was just fantastic, and the noise was captured inside that stadium, and it was just a real buzz about it, and the sun was shining, and I was September final Footy. you probably expect that a little bit, but I, it's hard not to believe that stadium's going to definitely lift the, the sporting, uh, I suppose, uh, experience in Sydney to, to a new level, given that We've got this fantastic stadium, and it's quite ironic that South are going to be playing there for a third week in a row. I know they're desperate to play their home games next year, which probably won't happen. They're going to play more there, more at Allianz Stadium this year than what the Roosters have.
1: Adam, Josh Reynolds, mate, what are you expecting from the shorts at Ramwick this weekend?
3: Yeah, Josh, this is a fantastic race. Uh, this is, this is a dead set mini Everest, isn't it? Six of the seven horses are confirmed for the race already. He'll be lining up in the shorts there on, on the weekend, headed by Nature Strip. Uh, his first run back in Australia since winning the Kingston Stakes at Royal Ascot. And I'm desperately keen to see what classic legend does, for Big Grey. Uh, it's been a massive mission for Lesbridge to get him back ready for this sort of race on the, on the path to the Everest. I think we're going to know pretty quickly after the race whether he's up to winning in Everest. Of uh, you know, I, I expect him to run reasonably well. And Les wouldn't be taking to the race if he didn't think it would be competitive. But to get him to, to run sort of top two or three in Everest in a few weeks' time is going to be a massive, massive achievement. And he's the ex-factor, no doubt, for mine, heading towards the big race in a few weeks' time. Eduardo's there again. We see Lost and Running, Mars Crusader, and and all racing for the first time this spring. So... No doubt this will be the key form reference for us when we're looking back on it in a couple of weeks' time, trying to decipher who's going to be winning the Everest, and uh, yet cannot wait for this on the weekend.
0: Uh, very elegant. Looks like they're going to soldier on, are they, Adam? Yeah, we
3: speculated yesterday, Jared, whether that run in the pre on uh, Sunday night, our time, would be enough for the Connections to
0: want to push on towards
3: the, or well, I suppose, arc weekend in itself, and... Bray Sokolsky, the, the senior part owner, is suggesting, yep, she'll be pushing on and definitely targeting another race. Now, the big question mark is whether it's going to be the Arc de Triomphe itself, or do they just lower the bar a little bit and try and target a, another race that might not be as difficult? And it's a big call, isn't it? Because the dream has been for a long time to run this Arc de Triomphe. I don't know whether she's going as well as what she was 12 months ago. Well, I she definitely isn't. No, I don't even you can say that without, with a fair bit of certainty. So it's whether they want to take the risk now and try and take on some of the best horses in Europe or just set their sights a little bit lower and maybe try and win a Group 1 for a fillies and mares on the same weekend. But we'll definitely get to see her one more time at least over there in Europe before she finishes her career.
2: What are we expecting with the release of the weights for the Caulfield and Melbourne Cups today, mate? Yeah, quite fascinating,
3: Lodge. Greg Carpenter's the last time you will be doing the weights before heading across to the Hong Kong Jockey Club to work for them later this year and into next year. And he's virtually warning a lot of connections, sort of saying that... Listen, there's not a natural top weight in this race this year, so if someone's going to have to lump the 58 kilos. I'd imagine at this stage it's probably going to be Spanish Mission, who was placed in the Melbourne Cup there last year. Since then, he hasn't really set the world on fire in Australia, has he? But um, he still looks like he's going to be the class runner in this year's race. So I'd imagine he's probably going to be allocated the 58 kilos. There'll be a lot of those connections trying to beat the handicap and get down in the low sort of 50s there. And also yesterday, lost the weights were released for the Epsom Handicap for our big day in a couple of weeks' time up here at Royal Randwick, and Zaki has got the got the top weight there but I think it's fair to say be a doubtful runner and Chris Waller looks like he's got his, his nice mares hinged and Fangal in the lightweight think he's only got 50 and a half and with 53 kilos so we know that Chris loves winning the big round with miles and I reckon he'll have these, those two mares uh, fought on if he wants to head that way in a few weeks time.
0: Just reading that Chris Waller's uh, among the invitees yes. to the Queen's funeral as well. well I did see that Jared. It's,
3: it's amazing isn't it just goes to show her love of horse racing and her, her connection with Chris Waller and Chris has told a couple of great pals over the years about his connection with the Queen and, you know, he gets the message that comes through from Buckingham Palace saying that Buckingham Palace will be calling you at a specific time and he has to be ready to take the phone call, basically, so he knows he's going to be on the other end of the line. So, uh, yeah, what a great pilgrimage for Chris it is. Uh, obviously, he's trained for in the past and, uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll be a very, very moving ceremony
0: when he gets across the UK for that funeral. Yeah, what an honour indeed. Uh, thanks so much, mate. See you, boys.